As I was almost here this morning, um, coming from Halliday, I looked over at the, the seat, the passenger seat, and I didn't see my homily notes for today. My homily notes are still in Halliday, so you guys are going to get the version of what I remember from the homily. <laughs> so, so uh, three weeks ago, I spoke about orientation at Mass, how, how it used to be everyone faced the same direction including the priest, and one faced east towards God, towards the rising sun, because it's from the east, the scriptures say that he's going to come again in glory. Of course, not all churches are, are facing the east, though ours is. Uh, the, the priest and the people together then face the blessed sacrament. So I mentioned about how Deacon Dan and I are going to, to the best of our ability, face towards God when we're talking to God, and if I'm speaking to you, then I face you, with one exception, and that is when I'm at the altar. Two weeks ago, I spoke about... Um, what did I speak about two weeks ago? <laughs> uh, preparation for Mass. That when we come to Mass, uh, particularly adoration, that when we read the Scriptures, when we read the Old Testament, as well as the New, whenever someone comes before God, whenever someone sees the throne of God, they will immediately fall down on their face in worship and adoration. When we come to Mass, we all kneel humbly before God, who is present in our midst, of course, in the Holy Eucharist. This week I want to speak about the introit, the entrance antiphon, as well as the penitential rite. You're probably wondering, what is the introit? The introit, if, if you open up your missalette, you'll notice right before the readings, there's a little verse. It's, it's in, in the English, it's called the entrance antiphon. It's just a little verse from sacred scripture, mostly the Psalms. And it's given uh, to, to remind us and to prepare us for what's going to happen at Mass. So this morning, it reads this way. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you is found forgiveness, O God of Israel. Meaning, Lord, if you wrote down everything that I've ever done wrong, I, cu I couldn't live. But rather, you are a forgiving God. You don't look upon my sins, and you forgive me when I come to you. I think it's very appropriate for today's homily, as well as the other prayers of the Mass, of course, um, which it coincides with. So the entrance antiphon, so there's a verse, the, it, it actually goes with a psalm. There's four options for the, the opening song or psalm. Uh, the first option is the entrance antiphon is sung. Then there's psalm verses. The second option is something similar. Again, a psalm and the same thing with the third option. The fourth option is what we always do. And that is we pick some song that's written in more recent times, usually in the last you know, 50 years or 100 years, and we sing it. Sometimes it's based off of scripture. Sometimes it's not based off of scripture. But it's something that we've just been in the practice of doing here in the United States for the last, I don't know, 40 years. We just pick a song, our song, and we sing it. Sometimes it's theologically accurate, sometimes it's not theologically accurate. I, I can particularly think of one, one written by Marty Haugen. It's probably a song we're familiar with. It's, it's um, titled, All Are Welcome. The verse is, all are welcome, all are welcome, all are welcome in this place. It's a little bit off, because not everyone is welcomed here. And what do I mean by that? Suicide bombers aren't welcomed here. 
the devil's not welcomed here. But it's, I think Marty was trying to point out something that, that the penitential rite really, really points out, and that is, um, in one sense, all people who are open to God's mercy are welcomed here. The psalm, the psalms are the, the oldest songs in the church. All the psalms that we find in the Bible, they're about, I think the most recent ones were about 2,500 years old. When the people traveled to Jerusalem, to the place where God was, the temple, they would sing the psalms. So when the church was established by Jesus, by the apostles, what, what immediately happened, as we come to Mass, as we're about to approach God, specifically in, in Holy Communion, we, we sing the psalms. What would the opening song look like if, if we did the first option? It would, it would be like identical to the responsorial psalm that we hear between the first and second readings. The communion antiphon would be the same. So it's, there's an antiphon, and then there's a psalm that's sung. The most ancient um, songs of the church. Immediately after the, the intro, after the entrance antiphon or, or opening song, we then uh, make the sign of the cross, the words of our baptism, the Trinity, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We cross ourselves, remind us of the passion and death that Jesus went through on the cross for us, how he died for us. Then there's a greeting. There's a few different options for the greeting. The one we're most familiar with is, the Lord be with you. It's an imperative that the priest will say, reminding each of you, reminding the whole congregation, that they're to allow the Lord to be with them. It's, it, it, it actually attacks our pride. It attacks our pride. Our pride says, I don't want to be with God. I want to call the shots. I want to do what is, whatever I want to do, whether it's right or wrong. Then the people respond, all of you respond, and with your spirit. Remember the, the old phrase was, and also with you? It was a very loose translation of the Latin, um, et cum spiritu tuo. It literally means, so it's, and with your spirit, referring to the spirit of the priest, which makes God present in our midst in the Holy Eucharist. Then after the greeting, that the priest will, um, will call us, all of us, including himself, to, to call to mind our sins. It's, it's rather strange when we think about it. You know, why, why are we supposed to think about our sins, you know, when we first show up before God? But the more we think about it, the more we meditate upon it, it makes a lot of sense. For those of you who are married or those of you who have good friends, when you think of a time that you've done something wrong to your spouse, you've done something really bad, in order to grow in relationship, in order to grow in, in intimacy, you have to admit the wrong you've done. If a husband or a wife never admits that they do wrong things, it hurts the marriage. It hurts the marriage a lot. The main reason for divorce, you know, we could say there's a variety of reasons, but I would say the main reason for divorce is that one or the other spouse, they've hurt each other, and they're not humble enough to admit it. Sometimes one spouse is humble enough to admit it, but the other one is not, and then a divorce takes place. That, that image is the same thing that happens at Mass. If we come to Mass week after week and we fail to recognize our sins and we fail to tell God that we messed up, 
pretty soon a divorce is going to take place between us and God. If we stop coming to our Lord and saying, I've done something wrong, or we, we come before the Lord and we say, I'm, I'm like you know, the greatest saint ever, pretty soon there's going to be a divorce. And we're no longer going to walk through those doors. We're going to go after other gods out there in the world. We're going to go after whether it's our work, our job. We're going to make the job the most important thing. Maybe it's going to be a spouse. Maybe it's a child. The child becomes one's whole life. It could be other things. It could be toys. It could be, you know, it could be movies. A variety of things. A variety of other gods out there. It could be ourself. We place our own ego so high on the throne that we don't let anybody knock our ego off. So, at the very beginning of Mass, we're called to dress up our hearts. Two weeks ago, I also spoke about coming well-dressed for Mass, you know, wearing appropriate clothes, but more so than that, coming with a dressed-up heart, a heart that's, you know, that desires the Lord. That's what happens during the penitential, right? As we, we allow our heart to, to become dressed up, and we confess our sins. We tell God we're sorry. And we confess to God and to one another, which includes one's spouse right you know, next to you, or one's children, or one's parents, or one's whole parish. We say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Folks, I've messed up. That's what we're telling each other. Most of the times we just say it for memorization. We're thinking about, you know, the cows getting out. Or we're thinking about, you know, I don't know what. But I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. I just didn't sin a little bit. I've greatly sinned. How? There's four ways we sin. In my thoughts, in my words, in what I have done, and in what I have failed to do. My thoughts, bad thoughts about someone else, bad, thought, bad thoughts about myself, bad thoughts or bad words, um, tearing other people down, or not raising them up, not encouraging them. Things I've, actions I've done that I wasn't supposed to do, or actions I didn't do that I was supposed to do. And then we don't point fingers, you know, hey, it was her fault, it was his fault, it's their fault. You know, I'm, I'm a great saint, I don't got sin. But we say, through my fault, and we blame ourselves. I sin because of me, my own pride, through my fault. Through my fault, through my most grievous fault. If we come to Mass, and we think we have our life together, that's a dangerous place to be. If we come to Mass, and we think, I don't need God's help, That's a terrible place to be. It's terrible because when I die, I'm still going to think I don't need God's help and I don't go with God. 
But if I recognize, if you recognize that one has sinned, then one recognizes I need help. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all of the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me. To pray for me. I need help. To pray for me to the Lord our God. There are different versions of the penitential, right? The one I just went through is the one that we're most commonly familiar with. It's the one I almost always use on Sundays. For, for the first 1500s of the church, that's, uh, it was, there were many, multiple ones used then for the last 500 years since the Council of Trent. Only the Confidior was used, it was required. And then uh, after the Second Vatican Council, it was opened up again to a variety of others. But the Confidior is the one that's most commonly used. I think it's the one that really points out um, that, that we're sinners. It's also the option of the sprinkling rite where the priest will sprinkle the people with holy water to remind us of repentance, remind us of baptism. After the confidior or after some of the other versions, the priest will say, May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, listen to this, and bring us to everlasting life. Bring us to heaven. This is an important sentence or statement that the priest prays. Because sometimes we don't recognize God's mercy. We beat ourselves up so much or we think we've committed such a terrible sin that we're afraid of showing up at God's door. We think that God is going to condemn us or we're so prideful that we don't want to let go of the sin that we have in our heart. But to, to throw ourselves at the mercy of God, to throw ourselves at His feet, allows His grace to fill us with life. It allows us to enter heaven. Those who receive God's mercy are able to enter the dwelling place of God. But God's mercy is not like, okay, what you did is okay. The sins that we committed are not okay. But it's like our entrance antiphon, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you is found forgiveness, O God of Israel. After the, that part, then there's the Kyrie eleison, the Lord have mercy. Or return to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, and we ask him to have mercy upon us. It's, it's one of the most ancient hymns in the church. Um, almost all... All Catholic rites as well as a number of the Orthodox rites will have that within their liturgy. Kyrie eleison. It's Greek. In, in the gospel that we just heard, when these ten lepers come to Jesus, this is what they say. This is, this is it in Greek. Yeshua, Kyrie eleison. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. We need your help. We need your help. Yeshua Kyrie eleison. If you look at the Missalettes, the one of the options is to use the Greek. Uh, most often, I, ever since I've been here, I think we've only used the, the English. Uh, but there is the option, the church encourages us to use the Greek for, for a different for a variety of reasons. Uh, on the crucifix, there were, you see the 
I-N-R-I or J-N-R-J. It stands for Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It was written in Greek, in Hebrew, and in Latin. Those are the three languages that the Roman Catholic Church has always included in her liturgy. There's the Greek, the Kyrie eleison. There's the Hebrew. Some Hebrew words that we're familiar with is the Alleluia. Alleluia literally means praise the Lord, praise God. There's also um, Sabaot. Um, sa- um, what is the word? Um, excuse me, it's not Sabaot. It's Hosanna. We hear it in, in the Holy, Holy, Holy. Hosanna in the highest. Uh, there's a few other places, too, that we hear Hebrew words. And then, of course, the Latin, which the Second Vatican Council um, really stressed that we're continuing to use, but for some reason, we just use the vernacular at all times. So those three languages were on, on that sign, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Curie eleison. We depend upon the Lord's mercy, his care. The prayer I'd like you to pray for at this Mass is pray that that you yourself, when you come to Mass, that you may have an open heart that really allows the Lord to give you his mercy. Do not think, do not be prideful that, you know what, I'm too bad, I'm, 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 or I'm too good to receive but to just simply come with an open heart, to simply come with a heart that recognizes what took place, what didn't take place, and says, Lord, here I am. I want to do your will. But also pray at this Mass for one another. Pray at Mass for one another. One thing I forgot to mention about the confidior and we strike our breast three times, you know, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. It reminds us of the three things of the sacrament of confession, which is this coming before God for his mercy. The first thing of the sacrament of confession is I'm sorry, I messed up. The second part is I confess my sins. At the beginning of Mass, we don't confess them in detail, but in the sacrament of confession, we do confess them in detail. And then the third one is satisfaction. If I come to Mass week after week, or if I go to the Sacrament of Confession, and I say, okay, God, I recognize I messed up. I'm sorry for it, but I don't want to change my life. I'm going to keep going back to the same junk. If I have that type of attitude, God can give me his mercy. If I have the attitude of not making satisfaction for what I've done wrong, for not repairing, God can show his mercy. If I come to confession and say, yes, I lied, but I don't want to go back and tell the person the truth, assuming that I haven't yet, it's saying, God, I don't want your forgiveness. So this Mass, let's pray for the grace to recognize the goodness of God, to let go of complacency, and to trust in his mercy.